0: do something we don't often do, reach over and shake somebody's hand, greet somebody in the Lord today, and tell them how good they look in Jesus, amen, God bless you. you can be seated. You can be seated this morning. Thank you worship team. You people acting like you love each other. Come on now. Praise God. I want you to take your Bibles and go with me to two places. I want you to go to Deuteronomy 31 and then I want you to go with me to 2 Kings the 7th chapter. Deuteronomy 1 and 2 Kings the 2nd chapter ahead and mute the the guitar if you will I've got a list of announcements please don't let me forget after service today let's look here Deuteronomy 31 and 7 and then we're going to 2nd Kings the 7th chapter I want to read this passage here as we've been talking about inhabiting inheritance and I believe this is vitally important for the church in this hour that we're we're in now this message the series was birthed in something the Lord spoke to me and that was simply this and it was in a moment how many know when God speaks to you it's usually there's just nothing in your head come on now and you just you're just in a I was mowing the yard I was thinking about weeding the flower beds I was looking at the hedges thinking that they needed to be trimmed and and i'm pushing the mower and I, I i'm pushing along and the lord just spoke this out of nowhere he said there is uninhabited inheritance uninhabited inheritance what was he saying he's saying i have inheritance from my children but they're not walking in that inheritance and i want you to begin to encourage them to walk in that inheritance because it's there it's not just there it has been purchased by his blood it is of that value and that's where god wants us to uh, to occupy but as we look and so often we we see the giants in the valley and the giants at the entrance of our of of our promises and immediately we think that we're off track i thought i was supposed to have joy well let me tell you the bible says we've got to dispossess in order to possess In order to inherit we've got to disinherit the enemy and i mean that on the context of not that the work is not completely complete we are we start at finished to telestai it's complete the work is finished but how many know that that work has to be realized in us and i'm not talking about your work i'm talking about the work of calvary what jesus has done for us and many times we get in the ideology that it's for someone else and not for us and we lose the personal impact of the gospel now i'm going to tie two stories together this morning and they're going to seem as far from one end to the other but i I, I believe that god will begin to show us something today i want you to look here in deuteronomy 31 and verse 7 and i'm going to read this out in the modern english translation moses called to joshua and said to him in the sight of all of israel so he's talking to all the israel be strong and of good courage. For you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them. Now let's stop right there just for a moment. Joshua, Yeshua, the Hebrew name for Jesus, he said, You're going with them into the place of promise. The Lord is not sending us out, church, on our own. He's he's with us he's not only going ahead of us but he's with us going in to receive the promises that the father has promised you and I now this is the part I want you to see and you will enable them to inherit it see God just doesn't give us promises He enables us to obtain those promises. He didn't say, I want you to live in joy and not give you the ability to live in joy. He didn't say live by faith and he didn't give you the ability of that faith. He didn't say raise the dead unless he put the life-giving force on the inside of you called the Holy Spirit, the spirit of resurrected power living inside of us. See, God never asked for anything that he does not enable us to do. So he has enabled you and I to live in inheritance. Oh. Now I want you to look as we see in 1 John in this little detour. But as many as received him, Jesus, to them he gave the right to become the children of God. To those who... Believe in his name who were born not of blood nor of the will of flesh nor of the will of man But were born of God So we are heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Amen Amen. Now We have to look and begin to understand that the inheritance we have is the unseen and As we've talked about the enemies that have come against the enemies We've got to know this about the nature of the one that we're battling. He'll stop at nothing, absolutely nothing, to keep you and I out of inheritance. He doesn't care what he uses. He doesn't care who he uses. He, he doesn't mind using any one of us and defaming us in front of other people. He'll, uh, he'll use a lie to keep you out of inheritance. He will, if allowed, he will bring abuse to you as a small child, and then he'll use that against you to keep you out of inheritance. He will draw you into the trap of hypocrisy. Now, what do i mean by hypocrisy the trap of it if you're accusing others of hypocrisy you have been you have fallen into the trap of a hypocrite explain i will see because what we're demanding of others is absolute perfection and only way we can demand absolute perfection is we have to be declaring that I am so righteous that I've never failed. Come on. I don't go to church because of all those hypocrites. Any person who tells you that, they are a hypocrite. That's the trap of the accuser of the brethren. If anyone is accusing me or I'm accusing someone else, it is because I am falling into the trap of hypocrisy. I'm declaring of others what I myself have become, a hypocrite. Because we judge others by their actions, but we judge ourselves by our intent. I intended to do good, I just did not. But they looked at me the wrong way. I could go on and on but I will not I will tell you this the devil will use anything and everything to keep you out of inheritance he'll hurt you he'll hurt your family he'll hurt your kids he'll hurt anybody he'll he'll cause you to misread other people's intentions he will, he will speak lies to you. He will tell you in a crowd of people that you don't belong. He will tell you in the, in the midst of your ministry that you don't measure up. He will talk to you about your inability. He will talk to you about anything and everything and everybody to keep you out of inheritance. Because he is threatened by your airship. He is threatened by the power of almighty God living of the inside of you. And I love what John G. Lake said, the only difference between Christ Jesus and the church is Christ Jesus knew who he was. When we discover who we are in Christ, and we begin to walk in that likeness of the Lord, you better watch out, because the kingdom of darkness has no power against the kingdom of light. Amen. Now, we got to dispossess. We've got we to get rid of some enemies. I've had some enemies I've had to challenge and i had to face, and, and I like to bring people to a place and just kind of spin the whole thing on its ear. When I see a giant now in my valley, I think, well, wow, there's a witness. I'm right on track. When I, when I see an opposition of the enemy coming against the church, I say, well, we're right on track. Amen? So as we look here to the Word of God, what we, we have faced the enemy of terror. That's extreme fear. We, we face the enemy of rejection. Now, this is a little bit, little bit different But the Canaanites are listed among the enemies that we have to dispossess. And the Canaanite, it means that they're a descendant of Ham, the cursed. And they came out of that lineage of Ham. And Canaanite means subjugated. Subjugated. What does it mean to be subjugated? It means to come under complete authority or control of someone else now interesting that word has a deeper meaning and that is synchronicity synchronicity I thought synchronicity That's kind of odd now that could be used in a positive or negative but synchronicity means this it means the process of bringing elements into a state of common order synchronicity it also means that you abandon one's natural free state a wholesale loss of your freedom to be assimilated into that new paradigm that new substance that new governance how many of you have felt The propaganda of the world we live in today I'm not arguing pros and cons I'm not I'm not we're not going there I don't have to it's well-known fact but we, we, we feel that on a personal level there is a spirit of subjugation that wants to cause me to become a slavery of my circumstance a slave of my circumstance it's a better way to say it many a time we you and I find ourselves in places and we hear the voices of the circumstance telling us just to go along just to give in just to give up just to let go and just be overcome by the circumstance and as children of God I don't see that in the Word of God Now, I believe you render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, you render unto God what is God's. But let me tell you, our image is not on the coin that comes forth from Caesar. We need to give back that image to the enemy and we need to bear the image of the living God and walk in his likeness, amen? Now, with that said, we're going to look now at 2 Kings. You thought we weren't going to get there. That's just the introductory remarks. But I want you to look here because there is an answer. There is an answer. Once you to look here in 2 Kings and let me just paint a backdrop here. If you look at 2 Kings the 6th chapter, the Syrians have come in and they're camped outside of the capital city of the northern of the, of Israel. They're camped outside the city and they measure time by desperation. What do I mean by that? You look at 2 Kings the 6th chapter the 25th verse and what you find out is that a donkey's head which is something that the Israelites did not have in the Mosaic law for dietary in other words you don't have donkey head tacos for breakfast lunch or dinner you don't have a uh, donkey soup you don't have you don't eat a donkey because it's an unclean animal but there's nothing to be had in the city we don't know how long the siege has taken place But what we do know is they measure the time according to desperation because the Bible says uh, that they were under siege for so long that now they've taken a donkey head and they're selling it for 80 pieces of silver. You take uh, 80 uh, 80 shekels of silver, a shekel is 3 denarii. One denarii is a day's wage. So they're eating a profane thing and they're they're charging an exorbitant. Inflation has hit. They're giving eight months' wages to feast upon their profane thing. They have a little, little pint of what they call dove's dung Listen to me, it's not actual Dove's Dumb. It's an inferior grain. A little pint of that, what would you get? Maybe a slice of bread out of it? Maybe two slices? They're giving three days wages for a little pint of this grain. But it gets a little worse than that. There's such a hunger... In that city in the capital city of the covenant people of Israel there is such a hunger in that city that now they have turned to cannibalism and they are devouring the children where the king is walking upon the wall, and he's walking upon the wall, he hears a plea that's coming from a mother. And she looks up to him and she, she's saying, King, king, help me, help me. Government, help me, help me. Lord, Help me, help me. He says, what's your issue? Well, we ate my son yesterday, and the woman I'm living with, uh, she hit her son, uh, and she won't let us eat him. Cannibalism is taking place. Let me tell you on the spiritual side of things, when there is a spiritual hunger in the land, people will pay whatever they have just to get a bite of something they hope will satisfy their taste. They will give away everything. There are husbands and fathers that are relinquishing it all just for a taste of something they see on the internet there are wives that are forsaking all so that they can go after things, their children, their their their, their, their livelihood to go after because there's something to give them a little satisfying, satisfactory taste of what they can't find in the world. See, there's a sacrifice because there is a great hunger in our land today. There's a spiritual hunger. And what happens is the innocent become the victim if those needs are not spiritually met in a spiritually healthy way. People are being succumbed by their circumstance, overtaken, subjugated. And of course, when the king hears this, he wants to take Elisha's head off. It's God's fault. It's the church's fault. It's the preacher's fault. The blame game begins to set in. What the preacher would preach a little better, we would have a little bit more victory. I know that's not us. Somewhere in a distant city in a far, far land, somebody had that thought. Nobody in here has ever blamed God for anything. Moving on. Let's get to our text. What? We haven't touched the text. Oh, with me? Look here in Second Kings seventh chapter. Now the Syrians come from the descendants of Canaan. They, are the, the, they come from the descendants of Canaan, and this is a scenario. If there's ever been a circumstance uh, that has <laughs> brought a, a nation into subjugation, uh, I believe we've, we see here the extreme moments uh, in the Word of God where there is such a, such a siege on that city, there is no hope to be found in the natural says when they came after Elisha this is what it says in verse seven then Elisha said hear the word of the Lord thus says the Lord tomorrow about this time a a a measure of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria now notice they've been they've been paying exorbitant rates and wages for Stuff that just very small. Now, all of a sudden, the Word of God comes along. The Word says, yes, you've been in this place for an extremely long time, but this is what's going to happen. I'm about to do a turnaround. It's going to take me about 24 hours, and I'm going to give you eight gallons of, of fine flour for three days wages and you're going to have 16 gallons of, of other flour that you can have for three days wages how about that My oh, god i don't know that anybody in here needs a breakthrough like i need a breakthrough i serve a turnaround god He can take a dry place that's been dry gulched forever and he can in a moment's time cause a cloud together and fill that sucker up in just a matter of a moment. Don't tell me God has forsaken his people. He's looking for us to get in line with what he's doing. Now, this is what you always inevitably happens. So an officer on whose hand leaned the answer the man of God The king leaned upon, answered the man of God and said, Look, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, could this thing be? And he said, In fact, you're going to see it with your eyes. But you're not going to eat it. (laughs) Let me tell you, the naysayers, they're hungry and there's a promise of bread. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. There's deliverance for your family. Oh, I don't believe it. There are riches untold that is at your reach if you'll trust in God. Oh, I don't believe it. Let me tell you, you can believe if you want to believe. You can misbele- you can disbelieve if you want to disbelieve. But I'm telling you, we serve a turnaround God. And we serve a God who has already answered because he is the answer. And what you need has already been provided. His name is Jesus. And you can come out of that darkness. You can come out of that, that funk. You can stop feeding upon what the devil keeps putting out there and telling you that's all the nourishment you're going to get because there is a God who says... Who wills who will do what he does in these last days amen I think you're starting to believe let's look now there were four lepers leprous men at the gate and they said to one another why are we sitting here until we die if we enter the city the famine in the city there's famine in the city and we we shall die there If we sit here, we shall die also. Now, therefore, come, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we shall live. If they kill us, we're just only going to die. They rose up at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians, and when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrians' camp, to their surprise, no one was there the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots, the noise of horses, the noise of a, of a great army. So they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired against us, the kings of the Hittites, the kings of the Egyptians, to attack us. Therefore they arose and fled at twilight and left the camp intact, their tents, their horses, their donkeys. They fled for, them li- for their lives. When the lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they went into one tent ate and drank and carried food from it silver and gold and clothing and went and hit them and then they came back and entered into another tent and carried some from there and there also went in and hid it then they said to one to another we're not doing right this is a day of good news <laughs> and we remain silent if we wait till morning light, some punishment will come upon us. Now, therefore, let us go and tell the king's household. So they went and called the gatekeeper of the city and told him. We went to the Syrian camp, and surprisingly, no one was there. Not a human sound, only horses, donkeys tied up, and tents intact. Now, God's desire was to deliver that city. From starvation and this is the message for the church the Lord didn't call for the government to deliver that city hear me church I believe in righteous leadership in our land but we have thriving bride of Christ the church throughout the entirety of the world that are living under under an oppressive government wasn't the government that's going to deliver our nation? Though I wholeheartedly believe that we need to have righteous individuals in those places of standing. Didn't call on the armies to deliver. Their strength was not comparable to the strength that came against them in the natural. Wasn't that strength that delivered? It wasn't their elite in the society that delivered that city from that famine it it was not uh, the intellect the thinkers that god called upon to deliver israel from that destruction no the lord reached down to the lowliest of the low and i will say this the hungriest of the hungry Because if the city is not eating, let me tell you, the outcasts, they don't get anything. They live on the benevolence of those who are handing to them. Don't misunderstand today. I'm not talking about social standings right now. I'm talking about a heart and a heart condition. And this is what the Lord also spoke to me. He said, son, I'm going to deliver the city and the nation, and I'm going to use the hungry. That's why the devil's fighting me this morning because it's what you need to hear today. Let me tell you what God is going to use. He's not going to use the able. He's not going to use the mighty. He's just going to use the hungry. He's just going to use the ones that are sitting at the gate and they know full well they've got the revelation we can't stay here, we're going to die. We can't go back to what we were, we're going to die. We can't go to a to a people who have no bread to begin with. Oh no, 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 no. Let me tell you, let's just get up and go and march toward the very thing we face and the worst that can happen is we're just going to die. Let's get up and let's do something. Let's get up and begin to move. Move in the direction of the food. Let me tell you, Pastor Angel, hear me today. God, you are a brilliant man. You're a doctor of theology, but that's not why God called you here. He called you here, and He's going to cause His Word to work through you because you're hungry. Ryan, listen to me. Where are you at? It's not your ability that's going to cause a revival in the youth. It's not going to cause. A, it's not just a program. It's a hunger that you have. God's not looking for those individuals that got it all together, and I hope you got it all together. But let me tell you, he's looking for some hungry hearts. He said to me, The harvest belongs to the hungry. The harvest belongs to the hungry. I got in heaven. I've been asking for this for myself and I've been asking God to give it to you. I said, Lord, you said uh, in your word blessed uh, are they that hunger. God, I want the blessing of hunger. I want the blessing of hunger. Lord, I want to get so ravenous uh, for what you want to do uh, that, Lord God, I refuse to set still and watch my family die. I refuse to set still and watch the church die. I don't have a lot. To but I can put one foot in front of the other and I can march toward the bread. I'm going after the bread. You can come, you can go, but let me tell you, when you get here, I hope you find what you find when you go into Walmart (laughs) and you walk by that counter and there's a mesmerizing smell that hits you. (laughs) Whew! Them buttery pretzels. I'm drawn to it. It's intoxicating. Oh, I've yet to buy one, but oh. I'm telling you, I believe the church is going to get to the place because there's some hungry folks that said, I ain't going to sit here too much longer. I'm like, I want want that buttery fresh baked bread. I want to taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, I've tasted his glory, church. I'm sorry, but I'm just going to make a declaration. I can't go back. I can't go back. I, I, I didn't feel a thing this morning, but I was just trying to invoke you to worship. Let me tell you, if God's gonna bless me, He's gonna bless me in my flesh. I was in the flesh this morning dancing. You know what? Because I'm I'm walking with this whole fleshly body. Why? Because if I get my flesh involved, my feelings might follow. My feelings might get a get a get a little excited. They became worshiping in the house. Down the street. He's like, man, I got to get the glory back to the place it belongs. And that's the forefront of the church. I'm going to bring the glory into the city. I'm not going to let Obedee him, he'll enjoy all of that. I'm going to go after that glory. Which means I'm going to take off all of my outer garments. Of who people think I am. Who people want me to be. Let me tell you, I'm not going to do everything right. But there's just one thing I want to get right. It's the only place that I can find that's right. That's the housing, the glory of God. Oh, Lord, as they were calling David out, he said, oh, wait, you just wait, Michael. He wasn't talking to me. You just wait, Michael. I'm going to get a little more loose than this. I'm gonna get a little bit more loose than this. I feel a song coming on Maybe, maybe this is prophetic praise I'll leave it to the Frasers. Let me tell you Why this message is important Because you have disqualified yourself according to your merit according to your ability according to your standing according to your adequacy according to your faith or your perceived faith, the Lord said, I'm not looking for any of that. I'm just looking for somebody that's so hungry. See, because he can't do anything with full souls. When your soul is full, man, that honeycomb doesn't look too good. I know when I'm finished with a cheesecake, whenever I look at that cheesecake and there's about two bites left, and I'm like, ugh. <laughs> I'm going to leave that for Jacob. (laughs) See, I don't want any more when I'm full. And I found out that the Lord has a hard time using me when I'm full. But you know what the proverb also says? It said, the full soul loathes the honeycomb. But unto the hungry, every bitter thing is sweet. (laughs) When I'm hungry and people slap me around, I'm like, Oh, this must be the persecution. Praise God. Oh, I must be getting closer. When I see that big old ugly giant standing in my valley with that big old fat face there looking at me, making his thundering accusations, telling me how no good, how sorry, how everybody's against me, how I'm not able, I look at him and say, man, you know what? I'm so hungry, I don't even care. I think I'll eat your flesh today. I think I'm coming after you. I'm gonna tear your head off and I'm gonna feed you to the birds. The thing you're accusing me, I'm about to do to you, boy. Why? Because I'm hungry. I'm just hungry. Now some of you have got those appetites in the natural. You can eat like little dainty birds. Little handful of seeds. And you've got all you need. Lord have mercy, I can eat an appetizer as big as a house and I'm just getting started now. People tell me, oh, there's just too much. People always tell me, you know what? If you eat that, it's going to spoil your appetite. It hasn't yet. (laughs) I've tested it over and over and over again. It just hadn't stopped. I wake up hungry. I walk the day hungry. I go to bed hungry. My wife tells me hunger's my friend. I tell her I need better friends than this. (laughs) Some of you know what I'm talking about. It takes discipline to keep yourself from blowing up. (laughs) I'm not advocating. You always got to preface things today. People are so take stuff out of context. But let me tell you, God has given me a spiritual hunger. And I'm not here because I'm able. I'm here because he put something in me. It's the same thing he put in you. And I feed that and it just gets bigger, bigger. I believe the Lord is gonna bless this church with hunger because the harvest belongs to the hungry. So there's four lepers sitting at the gate. and Truth is they can't go in the city anyway because they're lepers. The people are gonna kill them and throw them back out because they don't want what they have. They can't go in there they're just they're just rationalizing we're gonna be the first ones dead from starvation because we have had the last morsel of bread that we've had we're not getting any more. this is it it's all over for us we can't even go in there and find what we need because they don't have it it's not in them let's get up and go where the we know there's bread so they get up and they begin to move and I would say to you today this I wrote it down so I wouldn't mess it up so let me read it to you I can't even find it it was good too My printer messed up right at the last possible moment. I'm missing a page. What in the world? All right. When I respond to the promise of God, when I hear and respond to the promise of God, The enemy will hear his armies behind me. I hear the word of God and what the Lord is saying is that I want to give you a hunger because I want to give you a harvest. I hear the word of God and he says to you, I promise you your family and I have not and will not forsake my promises. I have promised you hope and joy and a life that I want you to live beyond your imagination. I hear that promise I have promised you generations to follow. Now you get up and you begin to move in that promise. And what you may not hear, I promise you the enemy can hear. Every time you take a step toward that what the enemy hears because you heard the word you responded to the word what the enemy hears is the backing and the force of heaven's army coming against the enemy and I believe church if we will get up from where we're at and we will allow the hunger of God to motivate us we will hear the voice of God to say God I will not be satisfied with death I'm going to get up and I'm going to start moving when I start moving the armies of heaven start moving with me and I may not be able to hear it but I'm gonna see the evidence when I get there see because it's always a faith walk and what you can't see the enemy is horribly afraid that you're gonna start perceiving we stood in line at a restaurant here this week doing a missions banquet ran into a gentleman who was actually a boss to the missionary when he was in the secular world. He told us one of the most heart-wrenching stories I'd ever heard. His son-in-law went home and set on fire the house and killed himself and his two children. His daughter had to live with the aftermath of all of that. It's been several years ago. He made a statement from a man who knows God. He said, the Lord out of that tragedy is bringing restoration and triumph. But he made this statement. He said, in order for us to do the impossible, we must see the invisible. In order for us to do the impossible, we must see the invisible. In order for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ to do the impossible, which is to reach nations for the go- with the gospel of Jesus Christ, we must see the invisible God. For we do not fix our gaze upon things that we can see. We look at the things which are not seen. And I may not see God walking with me. Amen. not hear God. I may not know his voice, but I understand that where the bread is at cannot be found where I'm at. I've got to get up and start moving toward him. I believe there's a hunger. I've been asking God for what I cannot see, but I want to know and perceive and understand, and that is this, that God is going to release inside of you the hunger, and that hunger is going to begin to cause what brought the product, son home. He became hungry himself and said, I'm going to my father's house. What causes people to get up from where they're at? It's a hunger deep down inside. And that hunger, they were already to the position. that They were already outcast. They had nothing left to lose but their life. They just wanted, but well, we're going in a hope that we're going to find something when we get there. And when they got there, they not just found something. They had all of the enemies resources at their disposal right there the enemy was defeated ran off not because they were able they ran off because God went ahead of them the enemy was defeated the bread of plenty and untold riches they had right there don't you love the spirit of these lepers these were the ones that were begging for bread outside the house and they're like man something's gonna happen to us if we don't share this we got some good news we got good news let's run back and tell the king let's run back and tell the government hey the church has got good news got what you need hey over here we got what you need we got, hey over here hey hey y'all hey 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 got what you need over here good news jesus jesus is the answer oh jesus is the answer oh you the with broken marriage i got the, i know the one i know the counselor who fix that <laughs> Hey, you, you despondent, you addict, come on! I know that I got, to, I got some good news. I got to deliver. He's gonna feed you. He's gonna protect you. He's gonna take care of you. Oh, come on now, you who have lost, the Lord will put back. Come on, you who have uh, been in that place of misery and despair. Hey, I got some good news. I got some good news. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus, and he's defeated the, the enemy. He is my bread. He is the riches that lives the inside of me oh my God just give me some hungry people just I just need two of you give me two hungry people and I believe God's going to pour into you such a ravenous hunger that you will not ever be satisfied with church as usual I believe this I believe this the harvest belongs to the hungry I believe healing belongs to the hungry I believe wholeness belongs to the hungry I stand here before you today not as a victim of a childhood abuse I don't stand here before you as a person who is bound in with self-destructive behavior of addiction anymore I stand here to tell you that God put a hunger in me a hunger not just in me but for generations to follow He put inside of me a hunger to get up and start pursuing the bread of life because that hunger, what I was eating and what I wasn't eating just wasn't doing it for me. And when he came inside of my heart, he blessed me with hunger. But I'm saying, Lord, I need more. I'm not asking for more filling. I'm asking for more hunger. Oh, God, make me so hungry. Lord God, that I know my source of strength. Lord, make me so hungry. But Lord, I won't be satisfied until my children in my children's children's children. Every one of them are healed. Every one of them are filled. Every one of them are delivered. Every one of them are whole. Oh God, put a hunger inside of me so that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ may discover, Lord God, the goodness of your mercy and your grace. Oh, God, is there anybody in this house? That are just saying, Oh Lord, I don't have it, but I want it. To. I want it. To. I want it, my God, I want it. To. Lord, give me that hunger inside of my heart. Oh God, give me that hunger inside of my soul, oh God. This is the part where you get up and say, I want to have that kind of hunger. I want to have that kind of hunger that doesn't care if people think you're ridiculous or not. You're just like I've got to have more of Jesus. What delivered Israel from the subjugation of the enemy? Hunger. That was that's the message of the story. Hunger. Daddy, what what can you do? You can get hungry for God. Minister, what can you do? You can just get hungry for God. Angel, we've got to have revival. You gotta be hungry. Ryan, we've got to have revival. You gotta get hungry. Elijah, we gotta have revival. We gotta get hungry. Jacob, hunger is what's gonna take you where you need to go. For the sotar to make grander the city, to move show, remember what I have seen to move a mosha that the beaker is moving, and to Father, bring a hunger in our hearts, deeper and richer and mightier than we've ever known. Father, there is a white fields. There are harvests, God, that's out there waiting upon the hungry. Oh, merciful God, we need, we need you. We need you. We need you, Lord God. If you are in this house today, as our worship team comes up, and you just say, Lord, I, I want, I need the hunger. I need the hunger. I'm not going to ask you where you're at, what you're going through, or what your needs are. I'm just telling you the answer is in is in reaching out to God and say Lord I'm on to pursue I'm just I'm hungry I want God this hunger I want this hunger I can't tell you folks the number of times I've had to come to God and say Lord I need you to invoke this hunger in me again Lord bless me with hunger bless me with hunger bless me with hunger come on come on your, your, your devotion life has failed. You're failing your devotion life. You're, you don't have that love and passion and compassion for the Lord. Come on, say, God, I want the hunger. I want the hunger. Come on. Come on. Come up to these altars. Press on in. Press on in. Give people room. Give people room to come on in say, God, I, want, I need some hunger. I need the hunger. God, I need the blessing of hunger today. I need the blessing of hunger today. I need the blessing of hunger today. And God's going to fill you up to overflowing. And that you're gonna know because of those hunger pains that you have, you're gonna understand the needs that are around you. Oh, my God, make us hungry. Make us hungry, Lord, make us hungry, Lord God. Come on, church, lift your hands to the Lord, this room in the altar, this room in the altar. get to lift your hands and say, oh, my God. Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Father, bless, Lord. Bless, Father. Bless, God, with hunger. Bless with hunger, Lord God. ravenous desire, Lord God. Bless with hunger, Lord God, today. Oh, make us hungry. Make us hungry, Lord God. Oh, bless us, Father, with hunger, Lord, today. Oh, God, almighty, worthy is your name. Mighty is the Lamb. Mighty. Oh, God's doing it right now. Come on. Lord's moving in this altar right now you won't leave like you can you're gonna wake up in the morning and you say, God I've got to have more of you today you're going you're gonna lay your head down tonight and you're gonna be worshiping the Lord because God is putting something in you he gonna put something in you circumstance can't take from you you're not subjugated to the circumstance anymore you're gonna walk out of this church you're gonna walk out of this church Father, in the name of the Lord, my God, hallelujah, hallelujah.